This is another Out Now Nights. Nights. Out Now Nights 23. Wow. We finally got to the, uh, you know, we're closing in on the mid-20s. We're packing them in there. <laughs> yes, exactly. A grazie. And we uh, we have another Ridley Scott film to do Ooh. for this Out Now Nights. Nights. Uh, this is a uh, this is the place of our regular show this week because it's a it's a holiday weekend. There's yeah. a lot of stuff out there, a lot of things going on. So we figured Abe and I will just take it easy with the nights nights episode and talk about the <laughs> uh, the Ridley Scott film. And then next week we'll come back slam banging with a whole bunch of movies to talk about because there's been a lot of things slam <laughs> banging slam banging exactly. <laughs> wow, yeah, can't wait. But for the time being, we're going to talk about House of Gucci and do some other stuff here as well. Yeah. Whatever other nonsense that we get into during this hour episode that we talk about. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about House of Gucci. We'll get to that soon. Uh, but first, let's do a little cookies. Trademark. TM, is this the first time we've done an out and cookies for a night's episode? Probably not. Oh, okay. probably, right. It's probably like one. Yeah, maybe <laughs> one. That's That's the only number that I can think yeah. of as well. This is, you know, you know what? <laughs> you know, we you can know easily what? go back and look. No, no, not not we. If if one of the listeners comes in and tells us a definitive answer, to they're going to get a signed Blu-ray. They'll get something. Sure, I'll send something. I got, I got Prometheus. I got, I got things. Yeah, I can <laughs> give you Prometheus. things. I would, I, I would, hes- I wouldn't hesitate to guess that I probably have a Ridley Scott film in that stack of movies that I can give away. <laughs> like, I I mean, no, given how prolific he's likely. been in the past decade, I have right. no doubt that there's probably one movie in there that's Ridley Scott <laughs> or Scott, the Scott or a Scott free production. There you go. Um, all right, let's do some out quick. I want to go first because yeah. I want to present this to you and you might already get it. But I watched a movie the other day uh-huh. that features, don't just shout it out. Let me say all these names. Okay, yeah, of course. It, it features Jim Rash, Mikey Day, Chris Parnell, Pete Holmes, Allie Mackey, Tim Simons, Keenan Thompson, Andy Daly, Ellie Kemper, and Rob Delaney. Uh, what is uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt crashing... Key and Peel, or I'm sorry, not, not Key and Peel, uh, Keenan, uh, holiday special. That that that's one hell of a, a guess. Yeah, uh, but it Am is I right. Uh, it, it's not right, uh, mm. but it is Home Sweet Home Alone. Uh huh. Um, on my lovely girlfriend and I on a watch this together. She's a big fan of Home Alone, as you are. I am. You are not. I'm not a big famously. fan of, of, of Home. Yes, I'm famously not a fan of. <laughs> Of of Home Alone, you pass Home by Alone. Macaulay Culkin in the streets of LA, and he's just like sneers at you. Home Alone two, I don't. Austin, New York. I I don't hate. I don't hate either of them, mm-hmm. but I there's something about that one where it's like maybe it's just because I'm not the biggest on Home Alone. We're like, yeah, this is whatever. It's it's yeah. goofier. <laughs> but uh, regardless, you don't feel that holiday spirit when you watch it. Regardless, yeah. Well, that, that's not necessarily true. It's just it's not my go to compared okay. to other people. Yeah. Uh, but so I'm out on the you know five Home Alone films that exist, and now we have this sixth one. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I'm still out on this franchise, but it, it is easier for me to say, "Yep, it's the sixth bad Home Alone film." <laughs> <laughs> I, I was to, gonna interject and say, "I don't blame you," <laughs> as opposed to a new low or something. But I will say this: I don't hate this movie any more or less than I you know not the biggest fans of the home alone films mm-hmm. um 
the, I will the positives that it has because I do think it has positives. Rather than being like a straight up remake where it does every single beat the same, mm-hmm. I like that the quote unquote villains, which are played by Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney, they're not really villains. They're just yeah, more got like, a family. It's more yeah. They have like a sympathetic cause for what they're trying to accomplish. <laughs> I oh. thought that was an interesting take. Um, <laughs> they're it, not really bad guys, is what Disney. Plus it's is trying it's to like say. it's it's weird circumstantial stuff that puts them in the position where they need to break into a house and do a certain thing. Um, in the on the on the other hand, you have Archie Yates who plays the boy who plays Max Mercer this time I around. I think his name is pronounced Archie. Archie Yates. Yes, thank you. And yeah. um, I, I I feel like the film purposely like shoves him off more to the side compared to Macaulay Culkin being like mm-hmm. the star of the movie. And I guess that's a benefit. Although like he's fine, he's not doing it. It's like he's the little he's uh, JoJo's friend from JoJo Rabbit. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he's not doing anything, you know, amazing here, but it's like, right. yeah, right. He, he's got the kid role. He's got to do what he does. I will say this, though. The amount of supporting players that come in as like ringers to just like jump in and knock out some good five minutes. Like Keenan made me laugh. Tim <laughs> Simons made me laugh. Pete Holmes made me laugh. I mean, like my, uh, Jim Rash made me met, like, it's like, well, they got these like little bits that really work for me. And like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this is a good movie. But I did not have a good time watching it. Like, I do That's think it fair. has its merits. Um, and not like, and I'm not even saying like, this is as good as Home Alone. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Like, it feels like a sitcom. Like, at least Chris Columbus makes a movie that looks like a movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this, this is like just nonsense, but it has its gags that like were awful. But, Abe, hey, what do you think? I mean, there, there's a lot of sight gags that are, you know, callbacks to the first Home Alone 2, the way that he writes Battle Plan on the Wall. And, uh, even like down to the music, they're they're basically yep. using John Williams. It score. brings back some John Williams themes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's there are some parts where I was just like, I don't know. Like, for example, like a slow motion shot of Rob Delaney like falling with his pants off when they're trying to scale the wall or something like that. It's like, you know, did it have to be in slow motion? Like, what am I what am I watching here? It's weird when it leans into that, right? When it's because yeah. it's uh, without doing that stuff, it's. I think again, fine, but then it like leans into like fart jokes or you know pants <laughs> I mean, falling who down. Who doesn't love fart jokes? <laughs> it, it just like I it, it feels like the movie struggles with itself to be yeah. like what t- what what audience are we going for? Like purely yeah. just the kids or like or mix? is it like still adult humor? Yeah. and you know the adults are in on the joke. And you can watch this. Obviously, you can watch it as a family. To your point, there is a reason why Ellie Kemper and uh, Jeff Delaney. need to yeah Rob Delaney need to to get to this house, but. Uh, you know, I think you summarize it best by saying Chris Columbus's movies look like movies. And this one definitely feels like a straight to like video kind of thing, which it technically is. But I I was OK with it. Like I I loathe some of it at parts mm-hmm. because uh, it just seemed like they were doing some weird editing. But, you know, I can't really fault it because you, you're not going to go out to see it in the theater. You know what I mean? Yeah, as a as so, a Disney Plus exclusive, exactly. Like, I yeah. get it, but I think there's a much worse version of this movie that this movie isn't. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's start because it's already out for the wrong on the right foot. Where like the first five minutes, for one thing, you have Keenan, who's always reliable, but also like <laughs> he really is. Have you seen his show? Yeah, I like okay. Keenan. Yeah, like yeah. it's 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 entirely fine, but made better because I like that cast well yeah. enough. So, <laughs> but like. The first five minutes, you have Keenan, but you have the boy and Rob Delaney and the mom played by Aisling Fee. Um, mm-hmm. 
the way their interactions play as far as like like Frankenstein. No, that's Frankenstein's monster. Like these Rob Delaney's faces are are pretty priceless for me. Yeah, mustache, he... mustache or not. Like I think <laughs> Like you said, mustache or not, it, it's pretty clear that he just uh, wavers in between whatever, whatever he's got on. But uh, as he's growing it personally, like in his personal life, he just goes up to the movie shoot and is like, "Got a mustache this week." Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Rob Delaney's here. So, so, um, but uh-huh. I, I did, I did, like, I, I didn't think it was like crazy bad because, again, for the medium that you're getting it in, mm-hmm. it's not like unwatchable. Like, it, there are like some eye roll moments, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we agree. <laughs> so, as a counter to this, I guess yes. HBO Max released a movie called Eight Bit Christmas. Did you see this? Have <laughs> yes, you heard of this I one? Did, I, I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. So, this film, the one thing that intrigued me was it's directed by Michael Douse, who uh-huh. who's done Goon, which I'm a huge fan oh, of, yeah, as well as Stuber, which we like. <laughs> yeah, we liked it, especially like that that bromance with the yeah, like, and, yeah. and uh, Dave. Yeah, so the idea is like, oh, he did a Christmas comedy for HBO Max. All right, let's see what this is. <laughs> I didn't. The only thing I knew was there's a poster. It has Neil Patrick Harris on it, and it's called Eight Bit Christmas. I'm like, I guess video games and NPH. That, mm-hmm. Sure. Like, what else? <laughs> um, um, so the film is basically a Christmas story um, oh. with a framing device that's Neil Patrick Harris in the future, like now, talking about this time in the 80s when he and his friends were de- devoted to getting a nintendo entertainment system so he's still doing how i met your mother <laughs> yes but this time he's the mother i don't oh. know what to oh he's <laughs> this the time mother. he's okay. bob saget yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the mother uh, is a nintendo or a super nintendo so like a flashback to him as a boy and it's it's not like entirely christmas story but it's you know a retread of that basic plot where they keep yeah. like scheming to find ways to get the, the nintendo mm-hmm. it's very product placement heavy as far as nintendo goes um but you do have you have steve zahn and june diane rayfield as his parents which oh. is like that's oh. fun especially steve's yeah. it's nice to see steve zahn and like always great to like see this. Steve so, yeah um but this movie's not good i mean it's bad oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad movie <laughs> it's not uh particularly you can't see my face but am i shocked no <laughs> it's not particularly like well done. It has yeah. some clever bits here and there. It's not like un- like it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, I'm working kind of. I guess I could put this on in the background, <laughs> like see, see what's going on. And it's like <laughs> I'll oh, check in every few minutes. It passed time, I guess. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but I mean, it 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 has its bits. There's this thing where like because they're all like middle schoolers, I believe, and mm-hmm. there's this one kid who's like the bully. And he's like two times the size of everybody. <laughs> it's like so, he's so obviously like a it's, villain. It's type casting, here. pretty much. I mean, <laughs> but it's like it's like you know, like in Christmas Story, you have uh, what Fargus, right? Is like the bad, as, the as bad the bully. kid. Yeah, like the big bully guy. Yeah. At least he seems like an, an actual kid. This seems like a grown man, like in like dressed down to play like a child in this movie. <laughs> and it's like well, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> okay, I guess. Oh, oh, because it's a retelling. I, I mean, said. sure, yeah, yes, because it does have like elements, elements of, of, that that exactly. kind of like yeah, that kind of put it into a certain framing. But it's like, <laughs> but it's just stuff like that that's like in the movie. That's like, all right, that's that's, <laughs> that's not the worst thing. Um, and there's some like people that pop, like uh, David Cross pops up at one point. There's some people that pop up in there. So it's not like, as many it's, as Home Sweet Home Alone. Not not as not nearly as many as Home Sweet Home. Yeah. Where like Pete Holmes comes in, it's like this as, could be the whole the movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> just watching this, yeah. <laughs> so yeah uh, that's eight big christmas okay. uh, 
I have so a don't couple watch of, that one. You don't need to watch that one. Okay. Do you, you have any others? Or have a couple others. No, hit it. Uh, okay, so I've um, I've been watching the Beatles Get Back. Oh, okay. Uh, also on Disney Plus. I've been looking forward to this for a while because mm-hmm. Peter Jackson announced it a while ago before it got delayed a year. But this is basically the the recordings of Let It Be, like all the sessions of that, like the big two week period that the Beatles just spent working on their basically their final album and they have like 60 hours of footage along with like 150 hours of like audio recordings and peter jackson and his people like they just edited this thing together did the restoration work on it to just make it look pretty amazing and um the narrative of this thing because it was going to be like one long documentary now it's divided into three parts and each part is at least two and a half hours and it's it's um yes it's long but it's also like incredibly watchable just watching Mm -hmm. the beatles um in a room like trying to like figure out their stuff yeah (laughs) and like every time they're if they're bickering or they're just noodling on guitars and pianos they just happen to like crank out another masterpiece song (laughs) it's like wild it's wild to like see this happen uh, let alone being presented such like pristine quality in terms of like how this restoration 35 millimeter right like i uh no because it's it's like just home it's like home videos oh, it is? So it's like so it's like 16 millimeter i imagine oh, wow. like a, a, but it's it's why like i don't know what jackson's next like venture is as a filmmaker but between this and they shall not grow old his world war one documentary yeah. i find his work as a documentarian pretty fascinating because it's like he's crafting narrative out of like all this archival footage and then like because he's such a visual effects master with his with weta and everything which he just sold he just sold um, for like billions of dollars yeah it's yeah. like it looks incredible to see this like old footage being brought to life in such an interesting way yeah uh, so like so i, I, I want to present something to you and, and uh-huh. you tell me if i'm crazy mm-hmm. okay peter jackson makes the lord of the rings series right all heard of it yeah yeah her, uh you know might have won a Academy word i can't remember yeah um uh, he makes a lot of money Mm-hmm. Um, he still continues to make money mm-hmm. and then he decides to uh, go into science and he builds a time machine <laughs> and he actually just goes back to World War One, films a bunch of stuff <laughs> comes back cuts they shall never grow, they shall not grow old together mm-hmm. and then you're like wow how did he get some of this footage and they colored it and whatever else and then he also travels back to the Beatles recording the session and he also records that. So he's a time traveler now. Hmm. Possible? <laughs> Plausible? I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. Exactly. Thank you. There is a curious skinny New Zealand man like hanging around in the background. Of <laughs> no, no, he, he's dressed appropriately. It's like Will Smith uh, in Men in Black 3 where you know he's got to wear the garb. <laughs> well, yeah, appropriately. He's just he has a mustache. His hair's a little long. He, yeah. You know. They're like, oh, who's that guy on set? And they're like, oh, he's just a PA. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But it's yeah, not, I've, not in World War One though. He's just <laughs> like a medic in World War One. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is on Disney Plus now. Like, if you're a fan of the Beatles or not, I just think it's pretty fascinating to watch. Like, you know, celebrated artists figuring out an album and like having their various squabbles along. And they're you know they're lads from Liverpool, so they're polite, but they're still like you can tell that there's <laughs> anger like, brewing between them. At the same time, there's also a lot of good times. Like, I think there's a lot like. I know there was a, a, a documentary about this before uh, that had some of this footage in it and it was mm-hmm. you know more of like a special and what it was known for is how much tension there was between the Beatles at the time because yes they do break up after this essentially mm-hmm. but what this shows is like 
yeah, there was tension, but there was also a lot of good times had as they were making this album. Like, yeah. and so it's it's really neat to see the four of them plus Yoko Ono and like their producers and all these other people that step in. There's literally like random cameos from actors because there's like movies filming in some of the studios nearby them at the time. Uh, there's like one in particular I don't want to spoil, but it's like I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just I, I found it all. I I'm on part two. So I'm like, I'm halfway through what's basically like a seven hour experience. And it's, I just find it all fascinating. So. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, I've, I've seen like one clip uh, on Twitter. And when you mentioned that, you know, they'll just noodle around because they're practicing mm-hmm. and then it becomes like a hit. I was like, yeah, that's pretty incredible. Like it's just John and, and uh, Paul oh, kind of talking yeah. about like a note. Yeah. Um, and they kind of just go on and like a few guitar riffs mm-hmm. and Ringo starts like drumming away. So it's pretty great. I um I look forward to it. Yeah, I I, I look forward to hearing what you think about it. I yeah. um I rewatched the harder they fall. Uh huh. Um, because I it hasn't really left my mind, and I just wanted to watch it again because it's fun, and it just is like it's so cool. Like it's such mm-hmm. a cool movie. <clears throat> it has so many like great actors doing a great job. I think the style is all. The, it's the kind of thing where. I was so excited from the trailer and this movie completely and entirely delivers on what that was. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm so happy about that because it's like I'm looking at all these, you know, like end of year ballots and whatnot to like vote for certain things. I'm like, I don't want to not give tribute to this movie because it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really solid. And I'm happy the response has been really positive for it. Like it just delivers. So I, mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly one that I just want to keep recommending. And uh, lastly, inspired by house of gucci i decided to watch one of your favorite movies of all time again that's right the counselor um (laughs) okay i'll allow this slander for this night's episode you famously love the counselor (laughs) yeah exactly i love i love all parts of it especially like when michael fassbender finds out that his girlfriend is in a garbage dump i um i still don't like this movie um (laughs) i i i understand why uh, and we'll get not that it's directly tied to House of Gucci, but I certainly think there's things that these movies share um, that I find both interesting and can be problematic depending on the type of material that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it because it's like this all star cast. It has, you know, a Cormac McCarthy script and there's a lot going on. But I think there's so much maximalist energy when it could use a more personal touch to give me more something to grab onto. Right, um, but it does have like an all-timer death scene from Brad Pitt. So I mean, I, I mean, can't fault it too badly. So. Not a whole lot you can do in that situation. Not really, and yeah. the director's cut of it is even better. <laughs> so. I mean, he even like he even tried what I thought to try. I was like, oh, you should try and stop it closing in on your neck by putting your hand there. It's like it doesn't yeah, work. That, that, that doesn't work with a garrot. Yeah, <laughs> that work. So the counselor still not very good, although it has its fans. So. Got, yeah, it got a lot of uh, who's the writer on that? Cormac McCarthy, right? Cormac got McCarthy, a lot of yeah. that energy. Maybe oh yeah it's bleak as hell like, yeah. it's the most nihilistic probably mainstream studio movie that i've seen in some time <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway that's uh that's enough quickies trademark all right let's get to our main thing here let's talk about house of gucci 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 it was a name that sounded so sweet so seductive come meet the family hey, everybody this is patricia and this is my family they had it all. Wealth, style, power. Who wouldn't care for that? Ah, but it's you, my nephew. I've been the Gucci all my life. 
It is an empire. You can help the family. Gucci is not exciting, and everybody knows it. At least it's my name, sweetie. Our name, sweetie. Gucci needs no blood. Gucci is what I say it is. This is not a woman's game. Remember that. Okay, so that's sort of some of the trailer uh, for House Oof. of Gucci. This is the second Ridley Scott film of the year. The only one originally intended for this year <laughs> since the last right. duel got delayed. Um, but the film, I'll read a basic synopsis here. We have when Patrizia Reggiani played by Lady Gaga, an outsider from humble beginnings, marries into the Gucci family. Her unbridled ambition begins to unravel their legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately, murder. Murder. Did you say murder? I did say murder. Uh, The film also stars Adam Driver, Al Pacino, Jeremy Irons, Jack Houston, Salma Hayek, and of course, it's a him, Jared Leto. Uh, the film I just had this number uh, 100 <laughs> one, it came in 100 uh, no it came in it opened on Wednesday this uh-huh. past week because of the holiday uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody by the way. Uh, and happy start yeah, of Hanukkah um, oh, yeah. but it, uh, it it's grossed a total of 21 million so far um, I mean that's not terrible for an R-rated movie like this coming out during this time. Like, I guess, I guess maybe I was expecting more because of the the star power uh, of Lady Gaga. And, I mean, we'll see where it goes okay. from here. But right. it's it's not off. It's not a. I mean, the last duel opened to f- like four. So I mean, yeah, like, yeah. This is, it's a step up yeah. in that regard. They so. were only able to pay the caterers because of that. <laughs> that's how it works. They yeah. pay them after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all the sandwiches. Here's all your money. <laughs> uh, but Abe. What did you think of House of Gucci? Uh, House of Gucci is a very interesting, like, dual director. I mean, I'm sorry, dual film thing from a director this year because I let you see that Ridley Scott is able to, you know, put on different hats and make different movies that still feel like whole, large, complete pictures. Um, House of Gucci is a movie that I found to be, like, incredibly juicy. Like, incredibly, like off the charts uh crazy sometimes and i really enjoyed it for it's it's not even camp because i think not that everybody really. is is actually trying to be good in this movie and they all sort of are sort of aware that they are all doing accents and i think what what it really amounts to is it becomes like an actor's movie <laughs> which is weird to say because the last time i said that i think i said it for um uh one night in miami but it really becomes like this actor's movie because there's not a whole lot to do except for see actors and see their dialogue and, and you know, have them wearing these amazing uh, suits and clothing from the actual Gucci line. Uh, and then going into like, you know, the Italian Alps or the Swiss Alps. It's pretty fun in the fact that I didn't know where any of this was going. Like I've heard of, of uh, you know, the murder. Um, are we, everybody knows this, right? Well, so I, I'll, just real quick, I'll comment. I yeah. similarly, I know the basics kind of, but I didn't know more. And I, yeah. I purposely didn't try to research things Same. to catch myself up on stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't know a whole lot because I, uh, watching the movie, I just liked that it was being unraveled to, or, un, or unrevealed, revealed to me. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen next because 
I was like, oh, well, is Adam Driver just in 15 minutes of the movie, a like stunt casting set kind of thing? And it becomes more of like a legal crime drama. But no, he's in he's in quite a lot of the movie. He's basically in like 90% of the movie. But I really enjoyed that there are moments where somebody else is chewing the scenery, but not in a bad way. And then you also get like two other people that are also chewing this scenery. Like this is like a combination of Lady Gaga, Al Pacino, and uh, Jared Leto. And it is, it's really fun and fascinating to watch. I was not bored throughout any of this, even though it's like a two hour and 30 some odd minute movie, partially because I didn't know where it was going, but also because you're just like, I wonder what they're going to say next. And I wonder what's going to happen next. Cause I, I, I kind of just dug that. This was a really interesting experience that I went on. How about you? I have similar thoughts. Um, I do think the movie meanders because it is very long, but at the same time, I'm more curious if there is a longer. I mean, I know I know the answer to that now. Knowing Ridley, probably. Well, he, he's even it out. It's like I have longer versions for both this and the last duel. Oh, and I say bring them on because yeah. I think it's. I think the problem with House of Gucci, a movie that I overall do like, is that it's both too long and too short. Where the movie it's showing me feels like one where because it feels like certain things have been excised, I it's like, all right, cut it shorter then and just make it focus more on like just the Gaga stuff or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But in longer form, I think it would solve the main issue I have, which is Adam Driver. I think Adam Driver is good in this movie because he's Adam Driver. He tends to be very good at things. He's very, mm-hmm. but he's very passive up until a point where he suddenly switches who he is as a person. And I don't think the movie ever justifies how he becomes that guy. And that made the final like third of this movie like an issue for me because it's like Gaga's still giving it her all where driver he's 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 acting well, but it's like the narrative focus of this thing is suddenly shifted without justifying it. So I had like a tough time being like, why why is he like this guy now? And I couldn't Mm -hmm. like put my finger on like, what did we miss here? And if I had to guess and it's pure speculation, I think I've heard that Ridley Scott was kind of working against the the release date to get a workable cut of this movie out there and that that would be more consumable for you know theatrical audience not unlike other films of his in the past and i feel like if there is this like three hour version of this movie probably does justify some character decisions i think there's similar ones going on with jared leto for example also as far as where he is versus where he goes um that would just flesh out some of this more because you're right it's not a camp fest i feel like that's what people were hoping this could be and i can understand why they're like split decisions on this movie it's pretty Mm -hmm. divisive as far as how the reactions have been um and i think some people just really wanted like a an all-out campy version of this thing where others are just accepting that it's it's a pretty straightforward drama it just happens to have larger than life performances right um I don't think Scott's the guy that makes campy movies. Like that's not where his interest is. Definitely uh, not. That, that's kind of like what I was mentioning about like, you know, he definitely puts on his director hat with different ideas and still makes a, like a standout bang up movie. And I both like and dislike aspects of that. Cause on the one hand, it's a movie about Gucci and it, you know, there's lavish costumes and whatnot, but he does shoot it like a straight drama. So there's mm-hmm. like a, you know, there's like a blue tint filter on this thing that gives it a certain look where, despite all the production design and costumes or whatnot, it feels like it's subdued at times. It's like, you could let this, you could express this more if you wanted to in certain (laughs) scenes and he just kind of chooses not to. Sure. Um, But at the same time, like, yeah, it's presenting itself as this, you know, this drama that happens to have these big characters. And on that standpoint, the acting is solid enough. Like there's, 
don't know about discrepancy, but there's certainly like a variation on who's doing what here with like Al Pacino. He brings a certain gravitas because he's Al Pacino and he's, mm-hmm. he's never like bad, but he's certainly like big <laughs> in a way that's I don't know what you're talking about. That's notable. And then I mean, we'll talk more about this. Yeah, like, I'd love to go through like the characters later. Okay, but like I because I'm so I, I don't know where I am with Jared Little anymore because like I don't care about him outside of acting like it's his his whole thing he has just, become annoying his whole thing just kind of annoys me yeah uh but like as a performer like he's not like he's bad and in this movie i do think he's i, I never think he's not like trying or not putting in the effort or acting and if right. anything like his accent work is probably the most accurate but because everyone else is very pretty variable it just sounds more ridiculous by uh-huh. comparison <laughs> but like what i do like here is that despite this big character he's playing there's a lot of pathos you can see in him there's a lot of like try hard energy coming out of him and that's why he's acting a certain way like he wants to be this big deal he wants to impress his father and he can't do it and his reliance is to just be this overbearing big doofus guy that's <laughs> like uh, yeah i i understand a person like that that makes sense to me <laughs> so it's like it's yeah. not a bad performance it's just so clearly sticks out in a way that's gonna rub people the wrong way and annoy me when he gets like an oscar nomination for this nonsense <laughs> but i mean there's so many oh, other yeah. things um but no, overall like i think I, I mentioned the council earlier the thing that gets me with this is again it's this kind of it's Scott's thing of making everything so like big uh, as far as mm-hmm. like he has he he knows how to make these expansive movies. And so when he has to center down on something that could have more of a personal touch to it, he's not quite getting there because it's like, I want to show you all of this. I want to. Sh- and I love process. You know that I love like seeing process in his movies, but sometimes it applies more than it doesn't. And here it's like I feel like it could have centered down a lot more on Lady Gaga and Adam Driver as characters as opposed to giving us so much of the extravagance and then presenting that extravagance in not flashy ways, but really Scott kind of ways. Yeah. I hear you on like the, the, the really Scott ways. Cause you know, they live in like Italian villas and they, they vacation in these penthouse apartments in New York and and like that. But you know, like to your point, it's well, while you do see the extravagance of it, it, it doesn't feel as though it's like washing you over. Uh, and maybe that, that is a pro or con. I also want to mention that there's, like the entire through line of this is is a story about like failure and greed. Um, mm-hmm. And I find that to be very fascinating because, you know, like I, to your point, like Adam Driver kind of like has a character turn, not necessarily like out of the blue, because it's more that I think he's presented as like this guy who who doesn't want to be a part of the family business and he kind of wants mm-hmm. to be do his own thing. He actually does uh loses inheritance and then through the workings of lady gaga uh, as patricia kind of gets back into it and then you know power corrupts kind of thing right so i think that there is like not necessarily like a great answer to your question but Mm -hmm. i got it enough and i'm sure that you did too where it was like yeah i I could see that this has happened and and obviously like the best part about it is that it still doesn't work out right because (laughs) he has like he thinks that he's on top of the world and you know, maybe he realizes that it was Patricia that was a great driver, but I also enjoyed like that that dinner or that lunch sequence uh, toward the end of the movie where it's like, hey man, you you're not a very good manager about any of this stuff. Well, here's the thing about that: like they introduce all these reasons why, and it's like he starts like buying a bunch of stuff. It's like, 
why is he buying all this? Like, yeah, I don't yeah, understand. Yeah. Now, I, I know what you're saying as far as, yeah, I could put the pieces together as to why he's this way, but that's the movie making me do the work. And sure, I feel sure. like there's a way where this movie can show Adam Driver turning into a person that it refuses to. And it just like instead jumps in time and you're just supposed to assume that he's a certain way now. But it's like, well, why should I think he's a certain way? He, If anything, he was the most relatable of the bunch. And then he's just suddenly <laughs> like an asshole. And it's like, all right, he's just yeah. buying Ferrari or Lamborghinis, Lamborghinis and doing what it's like. OK, I get I get the basic idea of, you know, money corrupts or power, corrupt, you know, any number yeah. of things. But it's like, you know, it's not my, it's more of. Yeah, I'm used to this because I've seen this arc before. But right, the movie yeah. should still like not rely on me doing that. Like the movie should show me that. Yeah, something. I think I think we might differ on that, Frank. Because uh, I think that there was reasons why they did that um, that were revealed later. But with all that being said, I I do think that M Driver has like uh, his presence on screen is just tremendous. He's been in two Ridley Scott movies now, and I liked him in both. Um, or I liked him enough in both. But I- I'd love to go through the characters uh, unless you have uh, sure. Yeah, no, we can do. It. Yeah, so we can start off with Adam Driver. We kind of just mentioned that he's he's like a very bookish guy in the beginning. He's a big dork. Then, yeah. He's a big handsome dork. Big, big <laughs> handsome dork. And then, you know, obviously he gets married to Lady Gaga. But Adam Driver, I thought that he was, there was a, um, like, I'm continuing to be impressed by him, even though I shouldn't be anymore, because he's proven himself over and over and over again, whether that's like in silence where he loses like a ton of weight or a marriage story where, you know, uh, he's, he gives off a great performance as well. Um, so I shouldn't be surprised by him anymore, but I still am just like, you know, he's a really good actor. So, um, yeah, no, I just, I like seeing him in stuff. Like he does yeah. the work he fits in, like he has such a unique presence. It feels, and I like the way he sent, I mean, compared to this to the last duel from last month, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a, there's a, there's a clearly a range that he has within himself right. that I think he's able to put out there pretty clearly. And his accent, probably the most subtle of everybody, because he's always talking well, even low irons. voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> irons. Let's go irons. to Jeremy Irons next. Then I guess as Rodolfo, but Rodolfo Alto. <laughs> I love Jeremy Irons, kind of just picking up like these small roles and just being like, "Everybody here is not a real actor. I'm a real actor," and I'm just like, I love Jeremy Irons, kind of just like throwing on an Italian accent and then losing it, but still like being like, yeah, of course I'm going to do this Ridley Scott movie to the fullest. Well, it's because he's the quietest, so he doesn't have to like emphasize the words, but it, it you know, he does his talk because he's Jeremy Irons. Right. You know, it's, it's, as far as like the style of this movie goes, I think the sequences of him are the most effective because he's presented as this man who's just lives like by himself in, in an isolated castle, essentially. Right. And so you have these large interiors where he's just there and it's shadowy and dark and these ceilings are high he just feels like this and, and this, to your this, point this, earlier this, this nosferatu that time. hangs out by himself so it's like yeah. i i appreciate that as far as what scott's doing with his character versus aldo who has everything going on around him um but i jeremy Irons also has like one of the best scenes in the movie with jared with his with uh with jared, jared leto, leto with his his um his nephew yeah, uh, where Jared Little tries to present these different ideas for clothing, and Jeremy Irons has a way of telling him no, and it's so theatrically done. Where it's like, it, yes, it really this is, is. This is like, really it, wonderful. It's got a couple of twists in there too. I was like, is he really gonna be approving of this? Uh, and then it goes into where he goes. But yeah, I, I agree with you that there is um, a deliciousness to that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of of uh, Aldo Gucci, uh, Al Pacino is in this movie. I thought Al Pacino was great in this movie. 
Yeah. Like he, I thought that he, he was is. just like a subtle guy. And then he gives off like this, uh, this dramatic part where I was like, that's kind of Al Pacino, but that's also like a more reserved Al Pacino. Like it's when he's shouting with his, with his son at the end of this movie. Um, and I, you know, he didn't say I'm in the dark here, but kind of close. Right? I, I, for one thing, I like that he's introduced in like mid massage and it's pretty hilarious, <laughs> but also <laughs> his, um, his there's a big scene with him at the end that I think is really effectively done. That's like the best thing he can do. I think um, yeah. it's scenes where him and Ludo are basically just left to their own devices. Where I'm like, okay, so we just like stopped having a movie and we started having acting time here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like scenes of just the two of them. Where I'm like, okay, this is I, I get why we're doing this because it's entertaining, but also like, okay, yeah. so this, this is just not about the movie anymore. This is just about let's let these guys go like have it out. I, I would I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like uh, probably too far off the mark if Ridley was just like, no, I'm just gonna put these two guys that are larger than life. And I'm just gonna let them. I'm gonna let them do whatever they want to do, and then let's just record it and see what happens. Because <laughs> there certainly are parts where I'm just like, I think that this scene was longer than it needed to be. However, yeah. <laughs> it's still very full of like these two guys, like mm-hmm. when they're trying to find their car, or like immediately afterward where they're they're doing their dishes together. And it's like, this is great. This is great. Um. Well, speaking of, uh, we should Dragon get to Jared Leto. Leto. Um. You sort of mentioned that he, I, 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 it's not an unknown quantity that he's kind of uh, a chore on set. Um, so I, when I watched this, I was like, well, I think really kind of like mastered him. I really do. And I was like, I think that he was able to say like, hey, Jared, I do want you to be like fucking weird and goofy, but do it for me and do it in like ways that, you know, uh, I want you to do it. And it really comes off as like, I was hesitant going into this movie because I was thinking to myself, Jared Leto, he's got makeup on and he's got like rubber on and he's kind of doing like this, this very like ridiculous Italian accent. And then I watched the movie and to your point earlier, it's like there are times where he kind of like gets outdone by some of the cast members. Therefore he's not the goofiest guy on the scene. So I thought that there was actually a, a pretty economical and also like, well done use of him in this movie it is nice that there's just enough of him yeah because <laughs> like, i do think if you overplay him then it really starts to like take things down it would have been a bad movie yeah but i i mean his he's undeniably has an energy to him and whether or not it always syncs with the rest of the movie and the rest of the actors on screen like it's clearly a performance that's going to capture a lot of attention which is why it gets these nominations to begin with, which is I whatever. hope he doesn't get nominated. But uh, but like like I said, I do think he he is finding the drama of this character. Like he is finding like underneath like the stuff that he's doing, there's reasoning there and it comes from wanting to, you know, get approval from his father mm-hmm. and it comes from wanting to have others see him for who he feels he is as opposed to who he seems to present himself as. I will say, knowing what I know about this person in real life, he he's he's he seems like he got more more credit in the world than he does in this movie. Like for one thing, he does he's the creator of the Gucci logo. Like that's him. Like he did that. Oh, like, interesting. The, I did not know that. The movie does yeah. not portray that at all. Like yeah. it just makes him seem like he's always been a doofus and <laughs> never has any good ideas ever. Um, so, but uh, I mean, you know, it it is what it is as yeah. far as like what he's putting out there, and it's you know, it it has the. 
you know, it's gonna it's gonna take about as much spectacle as the you know the next person we talk about in this movie. But yeah. like, I, I get why. And uh, I honestly really cannot wearing... wait for a supercut of just the Jared Leto scenes. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm willing to just very watch clear, very soon. I'm sure that'll happen. Yeah, there's like a, there's a line that I just laugh at. I was the only one where uh, he's talking to Lady Gaga and he's like, "Yes, it's uh, lycra or something." He mentioned something like being lycra, and I was just like, "That's so ridiculous!" But such an '80s move. So. <laughs> uh well we should get to it the, the last person that we the main cast that we haven't mentioned is lady gaga um, what were your thoughts on her i think she does a great job in this film i mean it's it, it, the 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 way the story is constructed it often feels like there's not a reason that she needs to be in much of this movie <laughs> except that mm-hmm. it's it stars her and she's, you know, high profile. So, like, you need to have her in here. But since the movie's so straightforward as a drama, and it's largely about, like, the inevitability of very reasonable business decisions that need to be made, it's like, yeah, I guess we also have to have her, too, because we have to show this marriage, and we need to show, like, what's going on with Maurizio, and so, like, how that relates to Patrizia mm-hmm. and everything. But uh, what I... I the, the first hour of this movie shines the brightest for me because I do like the the meetup that they have together. I think they do have chemistry with each other. And I think the movie cleverly understands how to position her as someone that could and very likely is just going after the money and the status. Mm-hmm. But also, if she genuinely, genuinely loves Maurizio. And I, I think the movie deliberately plays with the idea of you not necessarily knowing that offhand. Like, right, right. I like I do think when they first meet it's not presented as a clear cut she wants to get him because he has money and he's a Gucci it feels more like here's an opportunity for me to like be with someone that seems interesting uh, where that changes sure I could you know you can see where things go from there but I do like by the time Adam Driver's like giving up his inheritance for her I still think the movie's like trying to play with you as far as like what her actual intentions are and mm-hmm. I do think that's that's clever stuff both on the on really Scott's part as well as on Gaga's part as far as like how she's handling this stuff as it goes more and more into like where she goes from here and how she evolved as a person. What I liked about what she's doing for what I mean, this to her being good in the film. I like that. It's, it has this, it gave me a thought of like, okay, so really Scott's just doing this with his movies now. Cause like last duel has <laughs> some ideas where, you know, it's very much about a woman speaking up in a world dominated by men in that certain time period. This is a film that has a different sort of angle because of just the nature of of uh, Patrizia's character, but she's still a you know an ambitious woman at a point where this male driven family is trying to direct this thing, and she has ideas of her own that she wants to bring in, and it's going at this idea of maybe we take these ideas or maybe we toss you out the second we have a chance to. Like I, so I, I just find that interesting. I find it interesting that Scott, that Scott's where Scott's head seems to be at right yeah. now. Yeah. I, I I similarly agree that she's giving a really good performance. I know people like this. Uh, not like necessarily like, oh, I married into like a rich family and whatever. It's more like I, I know people that like subvert their husbands in some way. So it really got under my skin. And the, that's like the, the last time that I sort of mentioned that was like during uh, what's the David or Russell movie of like American. American Hustle. American Hustle. Yeah. Like the Jennifer Lawrence character really got under my skin, and I was like, "Oh, like this is uh, a performance where I, I, it, it makes me feel something cringy." Um, where I'm just like, "Oh, I can't believe that she's like, you know, puppeteering this thing." And you know, it, it, to your point, like 
I'm not really sure if she's doing it because, or if she's in the relationship because she actually loves Maurizio or if she kind of just wants to move up and, and, you know, live this lavish lifestyle. But it, it was a really good performance. There are times where I, again, I was just like, I can't believe that this person's getting away with like this kind of stuff. But um, I thought that she brought a, a really strong presence to the movie. And to your point earlier, she basically does have, um, like if it's centered around both of them, I, I'm not mad at that. Like if it's centered around Maurizio and, and Patricia specifically, I'm not mad at that, but it, it does go into other tangents, um, which I think adds to your point about meandering. But yeah, I thought that she brought a, um, she really is surprising me as an actor. Not that I didn't think she could do it because we've seen a star is born, but kind of just more that. Which oh. is like the polar opposite of this character, which is why it's like, <laughs> okay, so like she's Dax, like <laughs> yeah. two very different things from each other. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm kind of just like, wow, Lady Gaga kind of surprising me with some of your acting here, which is a newfound surprise, which is great. So. We have other characters here. Yeah, uh, Salma Hayek shows the only person not in the poster, despite being Academy Award nominee. Salma Hayek, <laughs> um, who's like mentioned in the trailers, but doesn't get her own character poster. But I get why now watching right. the movie because she plays this kind of fortune teller that becomes friends of Patrizia. Uh, there's not a lot for her to do here, yeah, really. But like you know, there's there's some there's like a couple of fun scenes that like she gets to have with Lady Gaga's character. Yeah, and you know, to your point, like she's not. She's not really playing a character of, of huge consequence. I mean, yeah. later it does become consequential. It's more it's of like, because, like of real, because of real life, we need to include her. Like, that's right, exactly. The yeah. And it, it's, pretty, um, it's pretty fascinating just like the way that uh, I, I couldn't tell if she really did have powers, but, you know, who knows? It certainly plays like one scene specifically like with right. her being like, wait, is she a real psychic? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But also, like the unraveling of Lady Gaga's character is is also well done in that scene as well. So complimentary mm -hmm. to to um, uh, in make you all jacked up about like um, her coming apart. You also have Jack Houston coming in here. Well, I, I tend to like in things. I wish he got more better things what, to play. What else has he been in? Because I well, his big thing was Boardwalk Empire. Uh, okay. He was he okay. was like the 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 Richard Harrow, the character who had like a disfigured face. And that was that's uh -huh. where he like really broke out. But he uh, he started that Ben Hur remake from a couple years ago. Oh, that was him. Uh, yeah, okay. he was in um, he was in uh, the FX show Fargo uh, uh -huh. for like a season. Uh, he's in he was in American Hustle actually. Uh, he, he has a lot of like. He has a lot of he's a he's a kind of a that guy yeah he just, okay but but uh and he's what he's uh danny houston's nephew I believe, and john houston's like his grandfather like he's he's, he's yeah. from the houston family i was like, like yeah he's, he's got the bloodline but i don't know which one he's from so, yeah. yeah yeah um but uh he, he comes in as domenico uh like the sort of the consigliere of the, yeah, of the gucci right. family <laughs> he's he's the uh yeah the robert of the family yeah yeah um, and he, and, and that leads me to like this other comparison, uh, secession. Um, yes, you, there's so yeah. much energy here as far as like you know misfit children and their parents and like which one is the worst for the company. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you have someone like Domenico who operates like some of the other like boards slash family friends succession that like could similarly probably handle things better than any of the actual family members ever could. Um, but it, but that this movie as a whole, it does have that kind of energy to it, as far as yeah. 
like you know Maurizio may be the most stable and non-terrifying character in this film but that doesn't make him a good leader whatsoever <laughs> like right. he clearly has his own issues um and I I, I like when the movie kind of deals with that if anything I wish there was more like Gucci business practices being dealt with throughout this movie because I, I did find that stuff generally pretty interesting like how they get into the the momentum of the third act yeah, like yeah. in the the debating of like what we should do or like there's like a whole scene involving the knockoffs of Gucci that I thought right. was pretty great because that was the one that that had like all of them. It had where it had it had Aldo and um, Maurizio and, and Patricia. Maurizio and Patricia. Yeah. And like this is stuff is really interesting to me. Like I like them dealing with this kind of issue. Yeah. Like, and that's the stuff that like I didn't know too much about it. So I couldn't really pinpoint as to like what it was trying to tell me. Like because mm-hmm. I was like, you know. Although it's not very upset about this because he's like, well, if he gets the name out there, he gets the name out there. And he actually says a line where I really much agree, pretty much agree with him. It's like, if some housewife in Queens wants to feel as though she's part of the Gucci family, who am I to stop her? And I was like, that's a great point. And I get that they're knockoffs. And that's kind of like where the lady got a, the, the Patricia character kind of like you kind of see her turn like, no, I'm really a part of this family. And I really have a vision for where this mm-hmm. is going. But, you know, all those kind of pretty practical. But I don't know if that was something that was um you know allowed by aldo back in the day because he's like yeah no i would love for the gucci brand to just keep growing you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's and and i mean that's where i think the film struggles as far as how to be more consistent like it, what it, what it wants to ultimately ultimately be if it wants to be this grand character study or if it wants to like analyze the the Gucci family and basically their downfall, uh, despite the mm-hmm. fact that Gucci is still a prominent brand. It's that the, all of the family members are currently dead. Uh, I say currently because, you know, they can come back, I guess. Uh, but the, um, the OK, but, um, uh, but I do I do think the, you know, handling, you know, do- talk about the Gucci brand. There's a way to, I think, focus that on both Patrizia Patrizia. And the nature of what Gucci means to people. I think there's a way to like bridge those that gap and then therefore make a stronger movie because it has a unifying theme. Yeah. And I I think I think it gets away from that too often because it wants to incorporate these other family members and they're squabbling and you know, this and that about Maurizio's life. Um, and it just it becomes so big where, you know, I again I like this movie, but it feels like it needs either more focus or become more you know a better representation of like wanting to be this expansive thing i hear what you're saying yeah because now that you're now that you painted that last example i was like i hear what you're saying because of um like it doesn't feel as though he it's it spirals out of control toward the end there kind of like the way that the counselor does where it's like oh everything's going bad now and everybody's gonna die um versus this one it's like it's still pretty much under control like i, I would say the marito kind of has everything quote unquote under control in i'd say it's more ridley scott it's like, you know, I don't want I don't want us to feel as though we're, we're losing everybody here at the end um, in a way that that feels um, uh, like your beats per minute in your heart rate is very high toward the end of the movie because it still pretty much is uh, a Ridley Scott movie all the way through. I, I would say that the, the Jack Houston character, um, I agree with you that he is I mean, he's a lawyer for one. But then also, you know, to your point about like the Jerry's of the world from succession and, and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he pretty much is like the guy's like, um, your dad trusts me for a reason. And that's maybe because I am a smart dude. Um, you, on the other hand, not so smart. Like, you know, you should probably like mine your piece of keys more often. Um, there's only one other character I want to bring up and feel free to bring up others. But I really like the um, 
he's like the guy that runs the the corporation that takes over Gucci um and then tries to like bring him back from from the depths so to speak and he's he's played by I don't know his name like uh he's like the the big the big dude at the dinner tables and he mm-hmm. gets like the shoe um, mm-hmm. but I thought that he there's like a, a level of menace and also gravitas that he brought not gravitas in terms of like a Jeremy Irons type of gravitas but more just like oh this guy's like clearly a businessman and he really does know what he's doing but he also feels dangerous it that's again another emphasis on the business stuff that I really enjoy yeah. <laughs> like I, I think that that those kinds of scenes really work in this movie because of the kind of shifting in power that's going on between Maurizio and and him mm-hmm. and and Aldo and like what you what you're what you're learning about the situation as far as who's in control what's going to happen here who's going to get signed off to all these different elements that stuff is really interesting to me but it's like so what is this movie exactly i mean it's oh, interesting. A, is it a film that's about lady gaga and her struggles to become you know a you know, this this person of power and has all the control that she wants and everything before it ultimately goes to where it wants to go or does it want to be this story of the house of gucci mm-hmm. uh that's why i talk about how, how gaga's character seems so inconsequential in a lot of ways because of all these businesses that don't involve her really um and yet she's still pivotal to the story because of you know real life and what actually occurred sure. so yeah. it's like how do you how do you reconcile those two things? And that's where I do think a, you know, a longer cut of this movie um, would, could work better. And if anything, probably does because Ridley Scott is a good filmmaker. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and if like, if he had a version of this movie that is longer, I'm sure he had it for good reason. <laughs> so, yeah. Because it probably does handle both of those things in a way that feels more, you know, significant to each other, as opposed to what we have here, which I'm not going to say feel compromised, but it does feel like, there's stuff that I think could fill in some of these gaps that would make me more clearly going, oh yeah, this is the movie. <laughs> but oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, here we are. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And that's totally understandable. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, how's a Gucci. I, I would watch this director's cut version if it ever gets released. I would too. I mean, yeah. I'd be, I'd do be you know if it's going to be, or it's a part well, of, like, he's, I mean, uh, as, as he's said in, um, some interviews he's confirmed like there are extended versions of of both this and the last duel uh-huh. whether or not they get released we'll see i'd hope so. i i'd probably say it's more likely for gucci just because it's not disney and like they already announced the last duel blu-ray and that's right Ray. yeah that's and uh I, I don't, century fox right and, yes and i and i don't i don't know if I don't know if they're double dipping anything for one thing to begin with, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll be I'll be curious what that release plan is like. But for this, start the hashtag for this, which is what MGM and United Artists, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that there might be something planned as far sure. as having like a you know a double version that has the theatrical and the extended cut on. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I will lastly just say that the needle drops in here. Some of them on the nose, like some yeah. of them very like okay, yes, they're rich and famous, and now there's like you know, fun songs about like them skiing. And then some of them just like really cool, like Italian pop songs that I've ever heard, which I found uh, really fun. Yeah. I mean, good use of environments and settings, obviously mm-hmm. like, you know, really Scott goes to places to shoot movies. And so you can right. see like, Oh yeah, he went to Italy. He went to Switzerland, like yeah, all these places that happened. Um, I did read like a factor fiction article. Uh-huh, with uh, Jonathan around. Franks. 
<laughs> uh, but uh, a friend of the show, Robert Daniels, actually wrote oh, this one okay. that yeah. uh, went over the kind of what things really happened, what things didn't, one thing that did happen, that whole sequence where Maurizio in his like suit um, gets on a motorcycle and rides across the border to escape the, the police, the uh-huh. Maurizio. Uh, that happened. That's real. Okay. <laughs> he actually yeah. he actually did that. He actually had his and he kept his helmet on. He didn't want to get identified when he was crossing the border. It doesn't uh, say it on the it doesn't say it on his passport that yeah. he's Maurizio Gucci. Well, he didn't want to be recognized specifically. So oh, okay. I, I guess by face, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's really like the ambiguity happens that you're talking about, because okay. in that scene, I was like, oh, the Swiss police are kind of like, well, I guess we should let him in. Uh, they, they like hesitate for a second. It's like, is he running from the law? If he is, I that's fine, Gucci. Let's go. Mm-hmm. But um, I just like that sequence because yeah. it's there's a lot of stuff happening in there. Um, but yeah, overall, like I, there's plenty. Like I, you said that, like I'm, I was never uninterested in what was happening on screen. Yeah, like I was always intrigued by what was going on. I wanted to see what's happening next. Is it long? Sure. Does it feel deadly slow? Not really. I think the movie. Yeah the movie to me was exciting enough as far as how it was presenting whether the the the, the style or the performances or what have you so it, is it the lesser of the two Ridley Scott films of the year yes i think the last duel is a significantly better movie but i still like this movie yeah i was surprised by it overall uh, cuz i i kind of went in thinking like well i mean i've told you like some some off uh, air stuff where i was like i don't know i've been hearing some mixed reviews and so i'm kind of not prepping for a whole lot here uh, and then i went in and i was like mm, this is it's like a it's like a movie soap opera, but you know, well done because it's Ridley Scott. So I was pleasantly surprised, and uh, I, I would look forward to kind of like reading more about uh, the actors because, again, I'm pretty sure some of them have some very unique things to say about how they got into character. I know that Gaga has mentioned that she kind of stayed in character for nine months, and I was like, really, nine months for like this accent? Mm, okay, but you know, uh, I'd be curious to see um, read more about it, like what what Robert wrote. And I know there's um, there's many documentaries and stuff that go over. There's one on Netflix I believe pretty recently that goes over Gucci, the actual you know stuff that happened or whatnot. Uh-huh. That because it's like the story is pretty larger than the life itself. Like there's a reason why this movie's a movie because it's like yeah, these that's why the crazy things, written, right? that's why yeah. these crazy things happened. <laughs> it's right. like all right. So uh, when this movie's currently playing in theaters, when do people see it? Uh, I, I think on our old scale, I'd say this is like a dollar theater, mostly just because if you're not really into Ridley Scott or if you think like two hours and 35 minutes is a long runtime, it, it could get taxing on you. But I think mm-hmm. that it's it's a, a fun watch. I agree. I, I do think the movie works about as well as it needs to mm-hmm. um, for those that are like interested uh, to see it on a big screen. And so, yeah, I'd say a dollar theater is an appropriate place. Yeah. Uh, but I do we were both interested in what this what a longer version of this would look like and i do hope that that arrives um in some form well i mean let me just text sir ridley right now and just be like hey can you Mm -hmm. just give me all the dailies is that's on your 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 uh, vip uh knighted lists where it's only people that are knighted (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's only him and david beckham that i have phone numbers for david beckham's knighted he is he's sir david beckham yes yeah good for him exactly yeah (laughs) what a life what a life good for him he's probably the youngest sir (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I, we don't know if Archie Yates has been knighted yet. So, <laughs> I'm sure he will. And uh, you know, the, the, the reason why they just play the one clip where he's like, "It's not a great day to be a Nazi." Like, <laughs> <laughs> the Queen's like, the "I like Queen that was like, That's that was the that was the that was the scene that did it for me. <laughs> Gives a wink to Tyga in the audience. Uh, <laughs> she winks. That's hilarious. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, go watch Spencer as well. <laughs> I'm so curious of who is the youngest person that's been knighted. <laughs> actually, I wonder if that's actually available anywhere. I mean, like, I'm knighted, sure it is the, the youngest person ever to be knighted or the youngest person right now who is knighted. I guess right now, because it's like, who, like who's younger than than David Beckham that's been knighted? That's I mean, David Beckham's like what forty nine now, isn't he? He's he's not old. That's <laughs> like, true. Like, fair, like, yeah. It's like so. who who's under him that's had that much going on <laughs> that could be knighted? Uh, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I'm definitely gonna look this up. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, now I'm curious as well. I'm kind of like, watch it be somewhere like really obvious. You're like, oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's gonna be like. Um, Youngest person to be united, you know, they're, they're listening to our conversation. Mm. Well, anyway. uh, <laughs> they have a, a, a Paralympian here, but that's, I believe, the first question that I asked, which is youngest person ever, not youngest person right now. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Um, Beckham. Uh, no, Andy Murray, who, the tennis player. He's, oh, he's younger than, oh, okay. Well, he's younger. Yeah, yeah he's younger than uh, David Beckham. Well, there you go. Well, who knows if you're if you're a British person, uh, let us know. So I guess I'm looking at you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> or leave Chris in the comments. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I think that's all. OK, uh, n- Jesus. Uh, next week. Uh, we are going to plan to talk about like a lot of different things. So uh, there's been a lot of like award contender yeah. movies that are coming out. We're having, we have kind of a, there's nothing with well, the power of the dog hits Netflix next week. That will probably put the most focus on that one. If I had to guess. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, there's no, it is in the thick of award season. So there's a lot. It, yeah. coming out. So there's a lot coming out. So we'll, you know, we'll talk about a variety of things next week and we'll see, we can get on and talk about some stuff with us. I got some ideas, uh, go. but that is going to do it for this, uh, this special nights episode. Nights. You can find everything I do over at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com, everything I write. It's about Wheel of Entertainment or Why So Blue, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4, Abe. Instagram, Abe Moore, and Twitter.com slash Wallace Moose, hashtag fly like a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fly like a pigeon. And uh, you can find our show everywhere you can find podcasts. So. Yeah, we're online. We're on the internet. Yeah, give us an iTunes review and rating. That'd be great as well. Yeah. Good. Um, and yeah, that's uh, gonna do this for this week's uh, nice episode. So until next time, so long and goodbye.